0: Welcome back to another mini episode of the Coaster 101 podcast where we're highlighting IAPA week. I'm joined right now by the Roller Coaster Division Sales and Marketing Director for Zamperla. Please welcome back to the podcast past podcast guest Adam Sandy. Adam, how's it going?
1: It's going good, going good. Am I a Coaster 101 podcast veteran at this point?
0: You are, you're a, uh, I think the designation is friend of the pod. So you are 100% friend of the pod. So thank you very much for agreeing to hop back on with me to talk about the uh, goings on with Zamperla and the IAPA Expo. But the first question I've got for you, what's it going to feel like, and we're recording this a couple weeks in advance, obviously, what's it going to feel like for you to get back on the show floor down there at the Orange County Convention Center?
1: I'm really excited about it. You know, this will actually be my third expo this year. I was in uh, Saudi Arabia and then I was in Barcelona for the Saudi and uh, European Expos earlier this year. And it was a lot of fun. And I really enjoyed Saudi. I don't know the market as well. So I was meeting a lot of people at the European show, which is run by app. It really just felt like a family reunion because I saw a ton of people both on the client side and on the manufacturing side that I knew. No, just good to, you know, see people in person for once instead of over a screen.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, it's been a big year for Zamperla's roller coaster division. Obviously, you're, you're about a year into the new role, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. I, I forget the exact timeline. But yeah,
1: so a- I, I, am, I am actually right about a year from when I signed on the proverbial dotted line. Uh, but I, I actually started work uh, January of this year. So it'll be, it's almost a year, but... Uh, but joined the company right about a year ago right now. So it's been a
0: blast. Got it. And, you know, it's been a big year for the Roller Coaster Division. Obviously, you guys unveiled Tidal Twist at the Columbus Zoo and Aquarium, which was announced and built and opened in, like, three months or something crazy like that. It was a ridiculous turnaround. Uh, I know several members of our team have ridden it. Amazing family attraction. So be sure to get to the Columbus Zoo and Aquarium to ride that. Zamperla also did the Dragon's Apprentice, the the smaller of the two roller coasters at Legoland New York. According to RCDB, Canal Peak at Dream City is under construction. Uh, taxi number 1 at Bollywood Parks Dubai opened in 2021, as well as Storm at Magic Cass in Pakistan. And, you know, Adam and the roller coaster division, how has it been received with these new additions for 2021?
1: Really good. Really good. And actually touching on canal peak. So I've talked to a few people from our team who've ridden that. And then we've had actually done some accelerometers on that. And it is far and away the best Thunderbolt that we've done um, from a data standpoint and just from a guest experience standpoint from our team members that went on it. So I am super excited to finally get on it. Hopefully spring of next year, China opens up. But I think it's going to showcase as a really nice bridge between the Thunderbolt product line as we kind of work to phase that out a little bit and the Lightning, which is its replacement. And so I think when people go on this coaster, they're going to be really pleased and maybe a little bit surprised about how good of a ride it is.
0: Yeah. And I remember when we talked Earlier this year about Zamperla's coasters, you were talking about how Zamperla is constantly innovating and with the kind of the transition from the lightning to the, or sorry, the Thunderbolt to the lightning coaster. I mean, it's all about this innovation and kind of the next generation of Zamperla thrill coasters.
1: Definitely. And that's really two things sort of running in parallel. On the one hand, we've been working on what I call our engineering to fabrication pipeline. And that just really translates to making sure the ones and zeros the engineers put into the computer and create the design with, that that comes out on the fabrication side. So that fabricated track is exactly where it needs to be and correspond directly with what our engineers put in. So you have that. Then on top of that, is the vehicles. And those are the lightning train that we first showcased at IAPA 19. And we want to invite everyone to come back this year to check out our booth. And you can actually step into the lightning vehicle, look under the hood, see the aluminum milled chassis, and really see all the improvements we've made there. You know, I'll be honest, I think some of the things that when I talk about cost of ownership and aluminum milled chassis, I know for enthusiasts, they may not be the sexiest vocabulary, but I can assure you when I talk to park owners and talk about how I'm reducing their off-season maintenance costs and giving them a better ride, that a lot of the yards have been perking up. So that's been really well-received so far.
0: And as enthusiasts, while they're not the sexiest terminology, <laughs> if a park gets to save money on off-season maintenance, that means they have more money for R&D and capital investments and things like that. At least that's how we figure it works in, in theory. Again, one hundred percent. the hot- Yeah,
1: 100%. And and, I mean, then you throw in the challenges of uh, this year. You know, I mean, 2020 was obviously out of left field. No one expected it. This year, we've, you know, everyone had a whole new set of challenges. It's staffing, it's time, it's all those things. And finding qualified maintenance people is a real challenge right now. So we're saying when you buy Zamperla product on the coaster side, we're offering you product that's going to last longer, is better engineered and takes less time and money to take care of. And that's honestly really our value proposition when we talk about that under the hood stuff and why you should choose a Zampro coaster.
0: I love it. Well, and I mean we can talk a little bit about 2022. I know you and I were talking offline a little bit. We finally get the uh, the debut of the long awaited Sidewinder Safari family spinning coaster at Six Flags Discovery Kingdom, which was. I believe originally a new for 2020 that has been mm-hmm, punted mm-hmm. and punted and punted. So we're excited for that to open. Uh, we're also going to get the debut of the junior coaster, the custom junior coaster at Luna Park that kind of intertwines with the, and I'm going to miss, I know it's a log flume and I know there's a special name for Zamperla to call it, but um, what can you tell us about this uh, this new junior coaster that as of today does not have a name yet?
1: Sure. Sure. It's actually, so we call it the super flume. So just think you, regular flume, but super. Like and, it. and uh, yeah, so this is a really exciting project for us. And it's sort of a natural extension of what we've been trying to do. And that's product in- integration. We actually call it integrated ride. So we're taking concepts like the coaster and putting them with our other product to really create density. And, and what I mean by that is we're putting a lot more attractions in one space. You know, I'm, I'm really good friends with Dave Frazier, Used to work over at Mall of America, and one thing he always talked about was layering things vertically to create a different guest experience, and that's something when he was at the mall that he did a really nice job of. And we've listened to that and are trying to bring that now into our ride design. So at Coney. We're doing the Super Flume and the Junior Coaster intertwined with one another. But you can also see it other places like our Junior Coaster at Ferrari World that opened last year. Actually, we have three Zimperla family attractions nested into that Junior Coaster. And that offers a lot better, we think, guest experience. But from an ownership experience, it works really well because you basically grow your hourly capacity for a designated area, you know, by having all these attractions together. But what we also find is that we see, you know, food and beverage revenue, length of stay both grow because families spend more times in these areas. So that's the kind of thinking we're trying to bring to, you know, our coaster design and ride design and saying, we're different than most coaster manufacturers because we have this huge catalog of attractions and how do we bring those into the coaster realm and make them really work together to hopefully the mutual benefit of our customers?
0: Yeah, the concept art on this thing, if you guys have, if you're listening, and have not seen it, head to, um, RCDB has a really good kind of overview schematic of both the Superflume and the Junior Coaster. And they do, they wind completely around each other. It looks like something I would have created in Roller Coaster Tycoon as a kid. So right? very, very exciting for that. Um, also in 2022, uh, Zamperla, is de- they, they're debuting a new ride concept known as the lift and launch at a park in North America. Um, if you're listening, you might know what we're talking about, but due to certain things, we're not allowed to say that, but Zamperla is debuting a lift and launch coaster. And so Adam, what's the, uh, what's the scoop on the lift and launch and why is it different than any other family coaster out there today?
1: Sure. So so what we did is we have our family gravity coaster, which is kind of the OG of family coasters in our line. And if you've been on them at a lot of the Six Flags properties, like Six Flags America was one of the first. But we really took, you know, a market that was underserved. We felt kind of that small kids coaster and created something that filled a need at that time because that came out in ninety nine. And what we did now is we looked at that product and said, okay, we're overhauling all of our roller coasters. How do we kind of bring that concept up to date, both on the marketability side and also, as I mentioned, the ownership side? So on the marketability side, we're adding a launch to it. So now we've replaced the old chain lift, which on some of the older ones are a little jerky. Now we have a tire lift and then we have a tire launch. So you get this really fun kids launch concept and we think that when you add that into the overall marketing message, it's much more than a kid's coaster now. It's, you know, you can add that whole launch coaster terminology to it when you're selling it to the public or putting it on social media. And that's really important. But we also did some things, again, we're reinvesting in all the coasters. So we said, okay, here's what works really well with the family coaster system, but we're going to go to individual lap bars. We think that's really important, especially when you're dealing with a 36-inch or 90-centimeter height requirement. you got to have individual lap bars now. We're we're going completely away from group lap bars just because we feel it's a better safety product. Uh, We have added magnetic brakes, and then we also have a significant reduction in welds, and a, uh, I don't remember the exact term, but it was like a salt bath nitrocarbonizing process. I have to clarify my engineers, but basically we're hardening the chassis, got rid of all the welds and the bogies, And that means again, that when parks are looking at the product, they can say, hmm, all things being equal, I like these two concepts, but it's going to cost me half as much to own and operate this Zamperla coaster. I'm going to choose that. So we're really trying to make sure that whether the thing about the guest experience or the ownership experience that we're giving them good reasons to buy from us.
0: Absolutely. I think I had one of those salt bath, uh, nitrogen oxidizing things the other weekend at a spa somewhere. So,
1: (laughs) It sure is very refreshing.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) It was a beautiful time. Um, And then I do want to talk a little bit about a concept that you guys debuted earlier this year, which is the double heart coaster. Mm -hmm. And how has interest been for the double heart?
1: It's been really good. It's been really good. So with a double heart, you know, we came to the table thinking we have our lightning line, uh, which is more traditional lift and then inversions. And we're, again, thinking about those things that parks need. We're thinking they need capacity. We're thinking they need reliability, low cost of ownership, and also marketability. And, And again, we're trying to bring all those kind of facets into our new concept design. So when we came up with the launch coaster, we thought, What's going to work? We've got this great concept that has a small footprint. We can do the turntable on it and add uh, some real capacity. You know, we think we can get a little under a thousand people per hour with it, and then we're going to make it fun. You know, I I will admit there's some other triple launch coasters on the market. I like ours because you start off with the three launches, but then when you go up over the top, you actually get some really good air time, and you can actually savor how high you are. And then you get that twisting vertical drop going straight to the ground and then to inversion. So I think it's going to be a really nice combination of elements to really offer a lot of thrill, but really be very different from what some other competitors are offering.
0: Understood. And I don't need to know a name, a park or anything. Have you guys sold any of those yet?
1: Haven't sold any yet, but we are well on the way in a few areas. So I'm excited right. about the future on that. And honestly, one of the, the interesting conversation pieces has been evacuation has been a big question from a lot of customers. And our team was really ahead of the curve on that because we created an evacuation system where if you have a wheel delamination, heavy headwinds or anything that would cause it to get stuck up top, we actually have a system where we can drive it back down to the bottom, either pitching up forward or back down the launch side to go back down to the station. Cause we realized that when you're a park, you don't want to be evacuating people 164 feet in the air when you've got uh, You know, have to bring in a crane. It's not fun. So again, I think that's kind of the different approach we're taking. We're we're trying to think of all these potential problems now instead of when it's built and in the field. And I think that's something we're doing very differently than we did a decade ago. And and it's just, again, things like that. When a, a client comes to us, they love the idea, but I'll be honest, one of the first questions we always got was, well, how do you get people off when they get stuck? And now I can say, They're not going to because we can bring them right back down to the bottom. And I tell you, every operations and maintenance manager has loved that feature of the ride.
0: That's wonderful. That's awesome. And I can't wait to uh, hear more about that. But kind of on the subject of something most parks need, we need kind of that gap coaster that's a family thrill attraction. And so at the IAPA Expo, you guys are showcasing a brand new product this year, And you may be hearing about it for the first time on this podcast if you're listening. But the Family Thrill Launch Coaster. Adam, I'm going to just – I've introduced it. Take it away. Tell us (laughs) why this is the next latest and greatest roller coaster innovation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could sit here and tell you all the cool things it does, and I will. But I'll actually start with something a little close to home and, and why I think this ride's important. And so I have, uh, if you follow me on social media, you know, you've probably seen I've got two daughters. I like to take them to amusement parks. They love riding coasters. And both as a coaster enthusiast and as a dad and as someone in the industry, all three of those things, I, I love going to parks with them. But my youngest, Kira, she is five, and she is stubbornly short for her age. I think she's (laughs) like 42 and a half inches maybe now, and and she's uh, almost six. So when I take her to parks, the challenging thing is she, like a lot of younger riders, will ride anything. You know, anything she's allowed to get on, she'll hop on. But there aren't a lot of coasters that really are around her height limit, because she's got a lot of those 36-inch rides that we kind of call the first coaster. And she's done all those. She loves them. But she's... For her, she's ready to step up, but you can't go on those 48 inch rides like the double heart or the thrill coasters because it's just too much and their strengths are not made for her. But what's been challenging is when I go to parks, a lot of the rides that had opened historically with 42 inches or lower height requirements, either some of those have been decommissioned. Uh, Some of those actually have had those height requirements raised just because like those old era mine trains had, you know, the two person lap bar, really Mm -hmm. deep bucket seats and I think they, you know, they adhered to the, the standards at the time, but now people have just said, we don't think those are maybe appropriate for that height a rider and have changed those or add accompaniment or other things. And we've really been thinking, as I mentioned before, really about marketability, about cost of ownership. But the other th- big thing is, what do families want to ride together? Because certainly the family thrill, um, sorry, the family coaster lift and launch with 36 inches is an awesome ride if you're a kid going for your first coaster, kind of do, mm-hmm. want to do something different. But when you reach that five, six, seven, eight, and you don't want to go a couple hundred feet in the air, but you need something more exciting than just a kiddie coaster, right. there aren't a lot of options. You know, there are some good spinning coasters, and certainly we do that well. A lot of other people do. But the Family Throw launch came out because we said, how do we create this fun, marketable attraction? that is really going to touch a wide range of riders. And and it's really complicated because we're adding on this ride, actually, we've got a reverse launch, a dead-end spike, and then a forward launch to start the ride. So it's a really exciting way to begin. But we've got to make sure that we can provide containment. So that means when we get someone in the restraint, that we're keeping them in the seat with the fiberglass and the seat design and the restraint design. So we got to keep small kids in the train, obviously, But we need to make sure the ride is dynamic enough to be fun. And that's certainly a a big challenge, kind of engineering those two things together. But we created the Family Throw launch because we really felt there was a hole in the marketplace for these types of attractions that parks can put on billboards or social media and draw attention because they're so unique and fun. But they're also hitting a wide range of riders. So you get those kids that are kind of going on their first big coaster and, you know, I'd say 30 years ago, that would have been a wooden coaster, but now you've got most wooden coasters that are 48 inches. So this is really stepping in the place of those coasters from like the 1970s, like Great American Scream Machine or Screaming Eagle, that a lot of those rides are actually 42 inches when they open and some of them aren't anymore. So we think we're able to give a park a marquee attraction that most of their, their riders can enjoy. And we think it's going to be a huge win for parks.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely not every day you see a family attraction that has a, you know, a dead-end vertical spike. Obviously, Expedition Everest is something that comes to mind, but there's so much that goes into that and the technology behind that. But this is a actual, not to name other coaster manufacturer names, but this is a icebreaker or a Pantheon-style launch on a family coaster that you said has a 42 or...
1: 42-inch, yeah. So 42-inch. So we're going to hit... I'd say a wide range of kind of five years old and up. So we, it, it's certainly more than a kiddie coaster, mm-hmm. um, and we think it, but we think it's gonna be approachable enough for a lot of riders out there who are willing to get on a big coaster.
0: I mean, at the end of the day, as a dad, I mean that's gonna make your daughter really happy. So what more could you ask for? <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. She is gonna be thrilled. I can tell you that uh, because we have, uh, we certainly had some challenges going around this last summer where she's willing to jump on stuff but just isn't quite tall enough to get on everything she wants so this is going to be neat and i think the other kind of fun part about it is the vehicle options so we're going to offer a sidecar a motorcycle and kind of a truck so we're going to let parks pick what story they want to tell so we're not just saying okay here's your traditional two by two seating same old thing you know we're really thinking adventure and we're thinking again how do parks get the most out of their investment well, let's give them options. Let's say if you want the motorcycle sidecar combo, let's do that. If you want to do two motorcycles and build the storytelling and layout around that, we'll go that direction. If you want more of a traditional kind of truck or Jeep look, we can do that. And and obviously, I think Zamperla, while we've talked about how our Costa division has grown, I think we're very well known for our fiberglass work and artistic theming, you know, working with some pretty world-class partners there. So it's pretty cool because we're bringing that background of working with very complicated IPs and now telling Parks, we can theme your ride really to any story you want to tell, which is going to be a lot of fun as we work with different clients and either their in-house IPs or the stories they want to generate. You know, we can help them create, I think, a different vision than maybe we could have 20 years ago where it would have been like, okay, here's our vehicle. Yeah, we can put some headlights on it. Great. Now it's okay. You want to have like a huge uh, Pacific chopper, you know, big motorcycle, we can do that. You want to do an, an off-road concept with a cool Jeep look, we can do that. And and really get people immersed in storytelling because, you know, what we found just coming out of the pandemic is obviously people want escapism right now. You know, you want to go to the park and get away. You want to forget about whatever it is. Is it politics? Is it COVID? You know, and just go have fun with your friends and family. And part of that is an immersive experience and while, yes, you cannot have Disney Universal style theming on every coaster out there, budgets just don't allow it, but you can still get away. And we think that this is going to allow parks to just add some theming and some marketability to coasters that they really wouldn't have had that option on even 10 years ago. And when you do that, I really think it's going to help short term help them drive attendance But long term, it's really going to build repeat ridership and repeat visitation because, you know, that's really where the challenge for parks is, in my opinion, is getting people to come back. You know, sure, you can spend X with your family to go have fun for the day. But the whole goal is really you want to get them, if they're a local family, to come back three, four or five times a year, you know, spend money on food and beverage, spend the day there. Or if they're doing a vacation to come a couple times during their vacation, And we think experiences like this that are different than just a traditional chain lift coaster, you know, something where we can do storytelling and fun together, that's really where the rubber meets the road. And we think that parks are going to see a better return on their investment by investing in attractions
0: like this. That's awesome. Well, last question I've got. I know this is not necessarily roller coaster specific. And, you know, we are a little bit in advance of the show when we're recording this. But what else can we expect from Zamperla at the IAPA Expo?
1: Sure. So we're gonna have a lot of info, as I mentioned, the family through launch. We're we're really excited about showcasing that. Um, some other things we are gonna have a Superflume vehicle on the show floor, so you can you know see it, experience it. Same with the Lightning vehicle. So we've talked about how that Lightning vehicle had an aluminum mill chassis, was very different from a lot of our competitors. Now you can come sit in it, come experience it, come check it out, quote unquote, under the hood, and see what it's about. Um, and then we, we are going to hopefully have a ride there. And I am putting the caveat because uh, if anyone's doing logistics or shipping in their work right now, they know that uh, supply chain, shipping, all that stuff is uh, is a mess, to put it mildly. So we, we did ship a ride over. We'll see if it arrives. And uh, we are no more special than anyone else trying to get stuff right now. So it, it's got, well, our hope is that it'll come. Uh, but the plan is to have the pump and jump. Uh, which will actually eventually be going to Adventureland in Iowa as part of their attraction package from us for next year to get that on the show floor so people can ride it. That's a really fun ride. It's a 36-inch to ride accompanied. Uh, Michael uh, Coleman, who handles uh, North American sales with a lot of the parks in the country, Uh, He did a really good job on this project. And uh, this is one of the new pieces in that ride package going to Adventureland. And so we're hoping we get it in time so that people on the show floor can really experience it. And uh, hopefully some kids can get on it too, just because I know if I was a kid again, it would be a blast to ride a ride like this because it's very interactive. You know, you actually pump on the lap bar. uh, There's kind of an actuation device on it and it's all about timing. So if you hit it right, you actually get more response from the ride and go higher up the tower as it spins. So for a quote unquote video game generation, you know, people who grew up on phones and computers, I think it's a lot of fun to kind of gamify that ride experience. You know, we're not making it over the top hard. We want everyone who's a kid to be able to play and enjoy themselves, but we think it's going to be fun where you add that additional, kind of fun fact where you can hey if you time it right you're going to push yourself toward the top of the tower and and i think that's going to get a good really good guest response
0: i love it that's wonderful adam thank you so much for your time uh be sure to check out zamperla coasters on both facebook and instagram zamperla rides on twitter zamperla wherever you guys are on social media (laughs) search search zamperla yeah
1: if if you search zamperla rides i think you're gonna find us
0: (laughs) I love it. Adam, I hope you have a great expo. And uh, I, again, appreciate the time and we will talk to you again soon.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It was great to see you.